attention. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. It's time for the Sports Blast. <laughs> Ashish Sharma. What you have here is a solid foundation of young talent. All you have to go out and do is get the big ball. Everyone in this room is now dumber. May God have mercy on your soul. I am going to smack you so hard. I will smack it's your face happen. off of your face. Ryan Roach. He can get on base, he can walk, he can hit, and he can steal back. That's the key. They missed that element last year in the leadoff position. Sports. Dave Pollard. is facing more outrageous scoring chances. In a weird way, the defense sucking as much as it has. He's becoming more adept at making bigger saves. He's absolutely right. And Mark Lazell. You have a great coach of Brad Stevens. You want him to stick around. You want him to have confidence in this team. Here's the key part. You start winning games that matter. Down the stretch, you have to win these games. There are playoff implications on the line. The Sports Blast. What the hell are you doing? Only on ESPN New Hampshire. This is awesome. This is awesome. Oh, no, 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 no. That doesn't work. No, 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 no. Don't ruin it. No. And ESPNNHradio.com. Game on. Welcome into the Sports Blast, everybody. Big show today. We've got a big weekend of football about to kick off later in the day. We've got you until 2 o'clock. 603-883-9900 is the call-in line if you want to join the conversation. Or text at the Lovering Mitsubishi text line at 845-827-1250. It feels like we've been waiting forever for this, but it's finally here. The divisional round of the playoffs. Patriots are coming off a bye week. Houston coming to Gillette Stadium tonight, coming off their win against Oakland last week. I'm David Pollard here with Brian Roach. We are without Ashish Sharma and Mark Lazell today. And we've been off the air since before Christmas, so uh, we were going to be back last week. And then, of course, the winter storm Helena stopped us from getting up here. But we're back. It's the first show of 2017. So let's waste no time. Patriots and Texans face off tonight at 815 Patriots are favored by 16 points in this one. No one giving the Texans a chance to beat the Patriots or even come close to making this an interesting game. So let's start there. Are we underestimating Houston at all? No. They they came in here earlier in the year against a third-string quarterback, and they lost 27 nothing. So uh, that's how bad they were earlier in the year. Sure, their defense has improved. Merciless is pretty good. Cushing, along with uh, a Clowney. All all those players are good. You saw what Clowney did last week with that interception. So uh, I think the big thing is that Brock Osweiler looked decent last week. Otherwise, it would be like probably a 21-point spread. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, well, Brock Osweiler looked good against an Oakland defense, obviously, that really only has Khalil Mack. Uh, that can rush the quarterback. Sean Smith is pretty good, though. They're one of their corners. Yeah, they don't have much in terms of coverage, I feel like. so. And, and again, they're without Derek Carr there. I think everybody knows that if Derek Carr is playing for Oakland, we're not even talking about Houston this week. Nah, I don't know. I, I just I can't believe that with Derek Carr, Houston would have been able to pull that out. I, I feel like Oakland they won is the better handedly, team. They handedly, though. Like, well, they did, yeah. I think it would be a closer game, but I still think Houston would have won because of the defense. I, I think in the postseason the defense really helps when it's a uh, sturdy defense that can uh, attack the passer and rush the passer and 
cause turnovers, and that's exactly what Houston did last week. Well, and that could be the one thing that we're sort of underestimating here about the Houston Texans. They do have the number one defense in terms of yards allowed by the opposing offense in the league. Obviously, the Patriots, the number one defense in terms of points allowed. But who do they play? That's the thing. Well, they never played good quarterbacks. They didn't play anyone good. Russell Russell Wilson, probably the best quarterback that they played all year. Of course, they they lost that uh, game. Right, and they gave up 30-plus points. Uh, Right. And over the past, like, five weeks, they played Miami. They played New York Jets. They played uh, San Francisco. They played L.A. Well, isn't this sort of just a continuation of the bad string of quarterbacks that the Patriots have played against? Osweiler did have a bad year, but... Are we he confident still have, that he can bounce back? Like, I, I mean, uh, it, it's the secondary of the Patriots. It's it's good. I I just don't think it's as good as we've seen like over the past like six seven weeks. I don't th- I don't think it's as good as advertised because of the competition. Like, it, it, sure, yes, the point uh, the statistics say that they are the best defense points allowed wise. They're mm-hmm. a bend don't break defense. But we saw early in the year when they couldn't cover anyone and they were allowing allowing chunks of yards, but they weren't allowing touchdowns, and that's what helps you keep your points allowed down, you know, just allowing field goals. Right, and look, that's always been the mantra of the Patriots' defense, bend, don't break, when you don't have the elite (laughs) talent there. If you have a shutdown corner like you did when you had Darrell Rivas here in 2014, and Early in the year, Butler, uh, I think he was hurt. And he he didn't play very well, mm-hmm. but down the stretch, I I feel like he played well, especially the last few games when he was causing turnovers. Yeah, and that's he, what what the Patriots did well over the last six weeks. They caused turnovers. And right, and the the first eight weeks of the season or the first nine weeks of the season, the Patriots really didn't cause any turnovers. Right, Malcolm Butler definitely improved. I think uh, you saw it in that Jets game. He got a particular. couple fumbles. Uh, uh, over he had the last an interception yeah. also in that Jets game. Uh, so I. Look, the Patriots' defense, I'm not too concerned about considering you have Brock Osweiler as the quarterback of the Houston Texans. He doesn't scare me uh, even slightly. Uh, this is a guy that got taken out for Tom Savage halfway through the year. And then he got put play, uh, put, put back in because Tom Savage suffered a concussion. Well, yeah, I, and who knows if uh, if Savage would have continued to be the starting quarterback going into the postseason had he not gone down with that concussion. I don't know how much trust Bill O'Brien and the Houston Texans even have in Brock Osweiler. All I know is the guy has been underwhelming. For a guy who's getting paid $17 million a year, he has been underwhelming this year. He didn't even start every game, and it wasn't because he was injured. It was because he sucked. Yeah, and, and the Texans can't do anything with him because he's guaranteed – I think it's $16, 17000000 million next year. But if they cut him, that's a $25 million cap hit. Might be a smart move. Uh, not a $25 million cap hit, especially with how f- how poor the quarterback, like free agents will probably be. Sure, but year. I mean, if your idea is to go in a different direction, then you've got to cut bait with Brock Osweiler because you're not going to have a $17 million quarterback sitting on your bench hoping that whoever you might pick up in free agency or if you pick someone up in the draft uh, might come out and be the starting quarterback next year. There is a quarterback fiasco in Houston, that's for sure. Brock Osweiler doesn't seem to be the guy. He's still a young kid, so who knows? Maybe a year or two from now he'll have his legs under him and he's got some more experience and maybe he becomes a a top 15 quarterback in the league. But he's never going to sniff being top 10 in this league. 
Uh, so well, especially uh, since he can't throw the deep ball, uh, as we saw this year with him and DeAndre Hopkins, he he couldn't really get on the same page with him. He did he did last week, but uh, all season long, like he's really struggled. He's, he's thrown like he's almost been a detriment to DeAndre Hopkins right. all year. <laughs> you know, Hopkins had a down year, and it was because of who was throwing him the football. Hopkins is their best offensive weapon. You know, and so I, I I disagree. I think Lamar Miller is because when uh, w- w- the offense runs through Lamar Miller, when he was playing well, because it has to, right? Not because it has to, but because Miami uh, Miami used him wrong. Uh, 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 Lamar Miller, like when he because uh, he was underutilized there, and now that he's the like lead back, he, sure he got hurt a, a few times. He had like ankle injuries, back injuries, but he still had over a thousand yards. And limited opportunities, and he, he can catch passes. It he's he's very good at seeing seeing what the defense will give him. As we, uh, I don't know if you saw his touchdown from the four yard line uh, last. Oh week, yeah, yeah. Good where patience, he went one good way, and then he went the other way. Look, Lamar Miller is a good running back, uh, but he doesn't scare me. You know, because again, if you're gonna tell me that. I, I still believe that DeAndre Hopkins is their number one offensive weapon. They just don't use him correctly. He's Lamar, he's also their big threat weapon. Sure. Lamar I, Miller is their like go to, like they'll get a first down with him. Yep. You you make the big play going to DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, again, I don't know about the Texans' ability to execute the big play if <laughs> right. they need a first down or you know, if they if they're uh down in goal to go. Osweiler also likes to go to his tight ends and that's Fedorowitz, a safe, Fedorowitz I would and almost Miller. worry about more than Hopkins right. today. You know, if Fedorowitz has sort of been Osweiler's binky so if you again, what do the Patriots do best? Better than anyone, they take, take away the number one threat right. on both sides of the football. And that, uh, and that, and um, the the game, their game earlier in the season, um, I think that what they did was bottled up Lamar Miller, which basically shut down the offense because right. Osweiler couldn't do anything. Well, you got to run to pass if you're the Texans. Right. That's the thing. If you're, if you're the Texans, your offensive scheme today has to and be I to don't try th- and pound the football and then set up play action yeah. for Brock Osweiler. And I don't think Fedorowicz was even like relevant at that time either because he he I think he was either hurt or they didn't weren't playing him a lot of snaps mm-hmm. and he he came through probably the next couple of weeks after that. Yeah, and, I mean, well, if you're the Patriots uh, and you you just look at what Osweiler's been able to do with the offense in terms of the passing game, if you shut down the middle of the field, he's got nowhere to go. Osweiler can't throw to the outside; he can't throw deep. So if you take away the short uh, inside passes in the slot. Uh, this team's not going to move anywhere. They're not going to get the ball down the field. The Patriots' defense, for what it's worth, I, I, I know we've said they give up a lot of yards. They're they're middle middle of the pack in terms of yards allowed. They don't. But they get are to the bend don't break defense. They are a bend don't break defense. Right. That uh, in today's game, because of the opponent, because it's Brock Osweiler, and he has uh, DeAndre Hopkins, who's again been limited because of Osweiler uh, Osweiler throwing him the football. And he doesn't really throw it to him in a way that uh, allows Hopkins to utilize his skill set. Mm-hmm. You know, because of that, we're looking at a game where I wouldn't doubt Houston not even uh, getting to 10 points today. All right, I can see them scoring below 10. I-, I can see it being three field goals, honestly. I can see them not even getting into the end zone today. That's the Houston Texans' biggest issue. Obviously, their defense right, is the, pretty good. They have the fewest touchdowns. uh all, uh, total total touchdowns of any team uh, in the NFL. 
Yeah, they are maybe the worst offense. Fewer than the Rams. Fewer than. uh, And that's saying something. Right. Oh my God, Jared Jared Goff and the Rams have more touchdowns than this Houston Texans team that the Patriots got to go against at home today. That includes special teams, defensive, and uh, along with like punt returns and whatnot. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Combine whatever you want. (laughs) They got fewer touchdowns than anyone in the league. Right. All right. So when we're talking about how the Texans might be able to keep it close. Because uh, I can't even uh, come out and say, how can the Texans win this football game? I don't think they can. They can keep it close. They might be able to keep <laughs> it within one score. Right. You know, we might be underestimating the power of this defense. But, I mean, they don't have J.J. Watt. No, they don't. But that doesn't matter anyway because the Patriots uh, make J.J. Watt a non-factor no matter what. Well, anyway. right. But if you make him a non-factor, at least somebody else might be able to step up like a Jadavion Clowney. Right. And be able to be a factor. Now, if you're trying to stop the pass rush, all you've got to do is stop Jadavion Clowney. Uh, the, uh, I think Merciless uh, has shown that he's a he, he's a solid pass rusher uh, this this season. Sure. But again, that trickle-down effect. If you got J.J. Watt, you know, then Jadavion Clowney's going to be more effective and Merciless will be more effective. Right. Now that you don't have J.J. Watt on the field, and they haven't for a while, and their defense has been fine without him, it's almost been better without him. What's funny is that like he's been uh, approved for uh, football activities, so he could have come back if he was placed on IR with intent to return. Yeah. He he, he, he might have. I don't know if he would have returned this week, but he could have returned. Well, so. It looks like he has an intent to return. <laughs> he was on camera about 40 times last week during right. that Oakland game. He, and he, it wasn't like he was on camera because the camera found him. He found the camera. Right. You know, well, so he, ESPN also probably tried to find him. Yeah, you know? a little bit. He's, <laughs> there's a little bit of both, I think. He's a superstar, but he's also got an inflated ego. He's right. kind of a D-bag, so uh, he finds the camera. That's did what you ever, he does. Uh, did, you, uh, did you watch Hard Knocks with the with the Texans? Not... Uh, that was a couple of years ago, yeah. right? Yeah. J.J. Yeah. Watt was hilarious on that show. Yeah, that's where <laughs> I found out that he was a total tool bag, too, at the same time. Right. You know, but he also sleeps. Uh, he takes naps dur- during during like uh, training camp. Yeah, like oh. he 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 shipped a bed that was like the exact replica of his bed, and like sleeps in the back of like a storage room, and has like <laughs> the clerk wake him up when it's time for him to practice. Well, whatever his uh, <laughs> his whole routine is there, he's not going to be on the field today. No. Uh, he, well, he, he, he still he, may be the biggest threat on the Houston defense, honestly, to stop the Patriots today, even though he's on the sidelines. But that's <laughs> that's besides the fact. Well, will he do like a, a Mike Tomlin and try to trip people? Well, he's doing wind sprints out there. You know, <laughs> it, it could be uh, distracting. Yeah, it could be distracting, a little daunting. Right. Who knows? J.J. Uh, Watt is going to be a factor on the broadcast tonight. That's all I know. <laughs> all right, He's going to be on camera about 40 times. So right. we'll see J.J. Watt. He just won't be on the field impacting anything that's happening in the game. I think because of that, look, the, the Texans defense, obviously, it's done a good job at preventing teams from getting down the field. However, when you look at this team as a whole, they don't stand a chance against the Patriots. Tom Brady and this offense uh, have been high-flying all year. They didn't take the foot off the gas pedal the last two weeks of the season like they did last year. So they're, they've got momentum right. going into this uh, playoff game here. They had the bye last week, so they're well-rested. And they've worked in Deion Lewis, and he, he, looks, he looks pretty solid. Yeah, and you're going to see a lot more of that. The players that you didn't really see all that often down the stretch on this Patriots offense are all of a sudden, I think, going to be a big factor. We're talking about Julian Edelman, who did break out in that Dolphins game. We're talking about Deion Lewis, who has been a little bit limited. They've utilized him uh, the down last, the stretch, the but not as much as I think were. they can. Yeah. 
So uh, all the weapons that the Patriots have on offense, and when you talk about the offensive scheme and having a bye week and, and having all this time to plan, they're at Gillette Stadium. Uh, you know, it's it's going to be one of those games that you're, you're sitting back here at the second half, and this is just my opinion. Maybe other people have an opinion, so call in, join the conversation. But in my opinion, this game is over at halftime. We're talking, it's going to be 24-3 to at the half. Game's going to be over. All right, so this is that's what we're looking at tonight. We're looking at a blowout, and the, the only conversation that you can really have is how can the Texans even keep it close today against the New England Patriots? 603-883-9900 to call in. We're going to take a, pr- a quick break. We'll come back with more on the Patriots and Texans. You're listening to the Sports Blast on ESPN New Hampshire. Captain Eric Lawrence was training Afghan soldiers when his truck was hit by an IED. I was on the way from Kandahar to Klot. I hit an IED that just took the truck and threw it up in the air and slammed it on the ground. I knew at first that I I got hurt pretty bad because I couldn't move my legs. I sat home alone for months. I didn't want that anymore. I wanted to go back to work. I was hesitant at first, you know, because I didn't work for a good year. I want to be a productive person. I don't want to be a drain on society. I want to be a positive thing in society. PVA helped me write my resume, got me a job interview. I got the job. Helping veterans like Eric is what we've done for over 65 years. Paralyzed Veterans of America, paving access for veterans' employment through Operation PAVE. For more information, visit pva.org. A public service message from Paralyzed Veterans of America. Outdoor Almanac. Brought to you by New Hampshire Fish and Game's Wildlife Journal. When many people think of wildlife in New Hampshire, most don't get past deer, bear, moose, turkey, coyote, fox, and fisher. Oh yeah, maybe a skunk. But on the 25th anniversary of the non-game and endangered wildlife program, they probably should. There are so many other critters that are residents of the state that are part of the outdoor landscape that we see and often take for granted. They deserve another look. As John Cantor, coordinator of Fish and Game's non-game and endangered wildlife program, said so eloquently, quote, when nature is thrown off course, we have responsibility to help it get back on track. Knowing how much the people of New Hampshire care about their wildlife and wild places, I can't help but think that the future looks bright, unquote. We should all hope that John's optimism will be realized because history is full of examples of after years of turning a blind eye to wildlife issues when it was too late. Societies would say, oops, that's not a word we need to use. Outdoor Almanac is brought to you by New Hampshire Fish and Game's Wildlife Journal, the magazine for people with outside interests. Sergeant R.J. Anderson's dream was to take to the skies. I've always wanted to be a soldier, but my ultimate goal was to be a pilot. I think I was meant to to fly. I had just applied to be a part of the 160th SOAR Regiment, and I was going to airborne school that next Monday. So I decided to go on a motorcycle ride with my buddies. We were going through a turn, and that's all I remember. That's the day everything changed. I was told by the doctor that I would never walk again. Thanks to Paralyzed Veterans of America, competing in adaptive sports lit my fire again. They help you transition for the rest of your life to that individual that you want to be. Sports like hand cycling really pushes you to to find who you are in that redefining moment after injury. With PVA Sports, I've, I've found my freedom. Now when I think about my future, the possibilities are endless. For more information, visit pva.org, a public service of Paralyzed Veterans of America. Scores, standings, trades, and breaking news. This is your ESPN New Hampshire update. 
Following a bye week during Wild Card Weekend, the Patriots will open up their postseason tonight against the Houston Texans in the AFC Divisional Round. Both teams are healthy and ready to go. Only Malcolm Mitchell still listed as questionable on the injury report for the Pats as of yesterday. Patriots have outscored Houston 54-6 in their past two matchups with Houston. They're also 15-3 at home in the postseason under Bill Belichick, and they'll be at home tonight. Game time temperature in Foxborough will be about 17 degrees. Kickoff from Gillette Stadium is at 8.15. You can catch the game on CBS. Elsewhere in the divisional round, Seattle travels to Atlanta to begin their playoff action. Kickoff tonight is at 4.35 on Fox. Also on Fox tomorrow, Green Bay is in Dallas to take on the Cowboys. Kickoff there is at 4.40. And due to a potentially treacherous ice storm hitting Kansas City tomorrow, the Chiefs and Steelers will play their game at 8.20. You can catch that one on NBC. Isaiah Thomas was working his magic last night. He dropped the, the game-winning bucket with 2.4 seconds remaining on the clock to lift the Celtics to a 103-101 victory over the Atlanta Hawks. Thomas finished with a game-high 28 points. The Green are off until Monday when they take on Charlotte. And the Bruins back in action today against Philly. Puck drops from TD Garden at 1 o'clock. This SportsCenter update is brought to you by Miller Lite. As long as you are you, it's Miller time. I'm David Pollard. Don't go anywhere. The Sports Blast continues right now. Third and eight. Pressure. Osweiler wrapped up and tossed down. Five-yard penalty. Now running option is percent. Taking off and sliding at midfield. Keeping it. The set. To the ten. To the end zone. The rookie takes it home for the touchdown. Force you to run it out. Welcome back in, everybody. 603-883-9900. You're listening to the Sports Blast on ESPN New Hampshire. And what you just heard there, highlights from Week Three's battle, if you can call it a battle, that Thursday night debauchery of a football game that was the Patriots taking on the Houston Texans. That one also took place at Gillette Stadium. Jacoby Brissett. Jacoby Brissett, the third-string quarterback for these New England Patriots. Shut them out. And put up 27 points running the offense. Now, I know it wasn't all him. He had about 160 yards passing. And well, yeah, but he had that rushing touchdown. He had the touchdown. nice rushing touchdown, which you just heard there in the highlight. <laughs> I, I mean, my God. I, how how can you own a matchup more than what the Patriots have owned Houston? Uh, just uh, in the past two games, they've outscored Houston 54-6. to Okay? And you most recently took them down, shut them out. With your third-string quarterback in Jacoby Brissett, I know he has nothing to do with the defense. It was a Thursday night game. You never know. He could have been out on some of those snaps. <laughs> sure, who knows? Hey, hey, <laughs> I don't think he was. Hey, you know, <laughs> uh, someone said recently that the only way the Texans could even uh, sniff a victory here is if the offense played defense for the Patriots and the defense played offense. And that, that I, I don't even know if I give Houston a chance to keep it close in that scenario. I, I would. Maybe. I, I, I watched a video last night. It was like uh, Madden 17. Someone played the Browns as NFL kickers. Wow! And and who won? Uh, all the Browns. Fif- the Browns. It, it was fifty to twelve, <laughs> but it, but he kept it close for the first like 
three quarters. Yeah. Uh, so look, <laughs> we're obviously being a little bit ridiculous here, but it, when you look at the matchup, the, there's you you have to be a little bit ridiculous when you're looking at this matchup. The Patriots own the Houston Texans. They do. Not only that, half of the coaching staff down there in Houston is is just offshoots of the Patriots. Bill O'Brien, Mike v- Vrabel. Romeo Crennel down there. You got Vince Wilfork still playing, still kicking. This could be his last game. Uh, it, it'd kind of be fitting for Wilfork to retire after a game in Gillette Stadium. I'm sure it's not the way he wants to go out. Oh, he'll get a fumble. And I know that we're speaking I'm in terms it. like... I'm calling You think hit. that he's going to recover a fumble today, Vince Wilfork? That's what I think. He's going to be bumbling and rumbling down the field after that recovery. No, no, he's not going to score a touchdown. No, he'll just fall on top of the football (laughs) or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Look, Vince Wilfork, for what it's worth, he's he's still a a really great nose tackle. He's one of the best of all time. Uh, I think he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, but we'll see what happens. He's also funny. Oh, and he's a good guy. Uh, Obviously, uh, Vince Wilfork, beloved here in New England. Uh, that'll be the one thing that I feel bad about the Houston Texans getting blown out for is Vince Wilfork. That's about it. Uh, other than that, I fully expect a Patriots blowout. And I know that we're talking in in terms of uh, we're not even considering the possibility, really, that this is going to be an entertaining game. I think it's just going to be a blowout. The Patriots coming off a bye week. They're, they're uh, incredible under Bill Belichick coming off a bye week. And again, they've owned this matchup 54 to 6. In the past two games, you beat them 27-0 with a third-string quarterback in Jacoby Brissett. You made them look foolish earlier in the year here at Gillette Stadium. I think J.J. Watt did play in that game. J.J. Watt was there. Yeah. And and not, it, it did nothing. Well, J.J. Watt does nothing against the Patriots because they take him out. Because Bill Belichick knows how to take him out. Right. And I know that there's this, uh, there's this notion that, well, you know, the Texans' defense actually got better when J.J. Watt went down. It's you true. Can, you can hardly even give me that crap, though. I know, I know statistically they improved. Yeah. And, and you but can they make play the, in that AFC South. It's a terrible division. With Jacksonville. Indy. Tennessee. They suck. They all that do. division is the, uh, maybe the worst division in football. Okay, you can make the argument about uh, the, what is it, the NFC South? No, that that actually was pretty good. I mean, Carolina had a down year, but, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, Atlanta was the only good team in that right. division. I, so. can't, I can't think of a worse division <laughs> than the AFC South. And Atlanta's not even that good. Well, we'll see. We'll see this week, and we're, we're definitely going to get to more of the uh, divisional round yeah, games. Yeah, we, we have our picks, uh, and I've been keeping track of those while we've been gone. Yeah, I, I mean, and let's just face it, and, and it's not happening this segment, but we are going to get to uh, the rest of the games in the divisional round because right. they're way more entertaining, at least on paper. Right, there's more chance of an upset in those games. There's more chance of just a good game there, in all three of them. There's more chance of just decent football yeah more players that i want to watch i mean you know you want to watch and root for the patriots but it's really difficult to get amped up for a game that you almost know is already predetermined right when you're facing the houston patriots you know there's so many people on that team do you think that that gives either team an advantage really though to to have uh, uh coaches and players on both sides that really know the opposition in terms of their coaches and players i mean if you think about it um when uh, Rex Ryan was the coach of the Jets, and uh, he gave he gave uh, the Patriots a tough time. Sure, it only um, am- am- amassed like uh, one win in the playoffs uh, ba- back in what 2010, 2011. Right. Yeah, that Mark Sanchez game. Yeah, and that was about it. And like, no one saw that coming either. No, and that was I think that was a 
big spread, too. Yeah, I mean, we shouldn't really rule out the possibility of an upset because that is why you play the games, you know, but right. I'm, I'm ruling it out. We shouldn't be, <laughs> but I am. I don't see Houston coming close in this one. I really don't. I, I, and so let's just, let's just entertain it for a second here. How does Houston even keep it close? Really, I know we but, talked about uh, we talked about Lamar Miller needing yeah. to run the football to set up play action for Brock Osweiler. Well, they, but they need to force turnovers. That's the thing. That's what they need to do. They well, need to it, get to Tom Brady, make him uncomfortable, right? Because that's how you beat the Patriots. Now, and isn't that as sort we of, saw with the New York Giants when they won? It's yeah. sort of twofold, though, right? Because that's also saying you need the Patriots to sort of throw up all over themselves in this one. Well, no, because if you're uh, rushing the passer. Mm-hmm. That causes mistakes. That's not them doing it. That's you doing it. They got to force turnovers, is what you're saying, basically. Right. But, uh, ba- basically, make sh- make Brady uncomfortable so he doesn't know what's coming, and mix it up, because that's the way you get to the Patriots. That's sure. I mean, with Tom Brady at quarterback, they protect the football so well, uh, and Brady, uh, twenty touchdowns, two interceptions. I don't see him uh, throwing an interception in this game. No, Who knows? but they do. But they can. They, they can rush they can the passer. They can fumble as well. They can rush the passer. Uh, uh, for what I, uh, from what I remember, Brady's put the ball on the turf one time this year. Well, yeah, but that, that's and not only him, but everyone has, like, fumbled. Uh, yeah, LeGarrette Blunt had five fumbles this year, I think, uh, but a, a lot of it came earlier in the season, too. James White, I think, has had a couple. Yep. Uh, Cyrus Jones has had two. Well, lot. Cyrus Jones isn't going to be uh, sniffing the field today. Amendola, I think, had one back. or two. Uh Julian Edelman had a few. But you're talking about blunders on the Patriots' side here. Right. I mean, if, if the Patriots are going to protect the football like the Patriots generally do, it, it almost doesn't matter how much you're rushing the passer. If the Patriots are feeling the pressure on the pass rush and they just protect the football, they're still going to win. That's, that's why if you change up the coverage and he doesn't know that someone's coming. That's the, that's the only way. That's does, the does only Texan way. Re- uh, do the Texans really have the ability to cover all of the offensive weapons that the Patriots have, though? Well, minus Gronk, yeah. I don't think so. I don't think they do. When you're talking about uh, Deion Lewis and James White coming out of the backfield and you add Danny Amendola to the wide receiver core. Well, that's uh, not going to be on Edelman. every single play. No, I know, but that's the, that's the other part of it. You're switching up the matchups on offense. You know that the Patriots scheme well, especially, again, they've had two weeks to prepare for this game. Two weeks. And they and they watched it last week. But I, I think that uh, the Texans mixed it up well defensively. They didn't have to do much once they got up early so they could hide some things, just like the Patriots did um, against the Ravens that year. They they brought some things out that... That we hadn't seen before. Right. It, well, and, and I'll tell you, the Patriots' offense cruised uh, so much this year that I really think the only time they opened the playbook was, again, against the Ravens this year. We saw a flea flicker in that game. We saw a couple trick plays, a right. couple weird formations on offense And in that's that how you beat game. good defenses. You, exactly. You need to switch it up and... I don't know, maybe we'll see Deion Lewis throw a touchdown. So, (laughs) so, in my opinion, what's been really impressive about the Patriots is that I don't think we've seen anywhere near their entire playbook on offense this year. They have not opened it up to anybody, so the film... Film study for the Texans, it may be completely irrelevant because you may not see any of the plays we've seen all year from the Patriots on offense tonight. Right, but but Bill O'Brien, I I, I don't know, he doesn't know the play, the Patriots playbook inside and out, but I'm sure he knows Belichick's gonna try to do some things this week to 
open up the defense, basically. Sure. I, I think you can run on this Texans defense to a certain degree, and if you can uh, if you th- can run enough to set up the play action, forget it. They're toast. It'll be interesting to see if they can run the ball, because the run defense, I think, is the most proven part of of the Texans. Well, Oakland ran on them a little bit last week, and I know that Oakland didn't really have anyone who could throw the football. What was that dude's name? McGowan? Cook? Cook. Cook. Yeah, uh, Cook couldn't throw the football last week, so yeah. uh, all Houston really had to do was hone in on the run, and and uh, Latavius Murray had a bit of a game, you know. So uh, he had one big run; the rest was pretty bottled up. Sure, but again, against a, a less predictable offense in the Patriots, you might be able to open things up for your running back. The one corner I think I'm worried about with the Texans is uh, Joseph. Uh, I, f- I forget his first name. They can't. It's not coming to me right now. I can't recall either. I'm sorry. But he he played really well against Cooper last week. So again, with with Jared Cook. I know throwing but, him the football. But Cooper had some throws that were like right on the money, and he defended them he deflected them like, yeah they had some good coverage i don't know uh, Oakland he, he's, to me just, he's a he's a he's a decent corner for a team that really focuses on pass rush oakland to me just seemed down on themselves last week i think that as soon as Derek carr went out that team season was over it's yeah. unfortunate yeah, they I, I were do ha- think doing we'd... so well like that that would have been interesting to see oh yeah i think we'd have oakland here if it weren't for Derek carr going down and that does go to show you by the way how no, valuable I, Derek carr City, was because he, Oakland probably would have won that in that last week, and well, okay, they fine, would have been fine. the two seed. So you're right. If they had won in that final week, then we would have had Kansas City. I'm just talking about is in terms of the playoffs oh, as yeah. they are currently constituted <laughs> and the way that it shook out. If they have Derek Carr against the Texans last week, they win that game, and we're talking about Oakland here in Gillette Stadium tonight. Uh, and that would have been a much more entertaining game. Absolutely. You've got two uh, great offenses going against each other if you have Oakland with Derek Carr. It would have been interesting to see how they would have defended Cooper and Crabtree. Sure. Sure, yeah. I mean, uh, just, I don't, I don't just think playing it out, I think you put Butler on Cooper. and you No, hit. I think you do the opposite. Well, uh, Ryan generally goes up against the bigger, stronger wideouts, and Crabtree th- is a bigger, stronger wideout. No, Cooper's bigger. Cooper's but like it, six, really? five. Yeah. Oh, but is he stronger? Because I, think I so. feel, uh, yeah. Crabtree feels like that guy with the large wingspan who sort of goes up and gets it and can stretch no, the field a little that's bit what better Coop, than Cooper. That, that's what Cooper is. Crabtree's their red zone threat. Well, and regardless, move the chains guy. They're out. Right. Houston's in. <laughs> and uh, when we're talking about how the Patriots are going to defend Houston's passing game today. It's uh, I, I think that they're going to end up putting Logan Ryan on DeAndre Hopkins with a little help over the top. No. You, what, you eliminate DeAndre it, Hopkins by doing that. Wasn't Butler on him? Um, Last time out? No, it was Logan Ryan. Oh, it was. Logan Ryan with help over the top. That's a, So he was that's on That's their shutdown then. move. If they've got one option to go to on offense is a wideout and it's DeAndre Hopkins, you're going to put Logan Ryan on him and, and give him a little Fedorowicz? help over the top. Uh, that's a good question because <laughs> uh, you know what the linebacking core is. It, it's been good. Uh, I gener- know. But generally, it, you would say that Jamie Collins would have been the guy, but right. now it might be Hightower. Dante Hightower. It could be a combination of Van Noy, him and Van Noy. <laughs> yeah, sure. And look, the the defense has played well, right? We've got to give them credit, despite the fact that they've had some lackluster opponents going down the stretch here. You've got to give the Patriots' defense credit where the credit is due. They've beaten teams that they're supposed to beat. They've shut down offenses that they should have shut down. Down the stretch. They didn't do it earlier in the year where they ended up uh, sort of making pedestrian quarterbacks look elite. 
uh, in the first half of the year. But since the Jamie Collins trade, this team has gotten incrementally better week by week on defense. So I'm not worried about the defense here. But who did they play? Well, I know, but look who they're playing tonight, Brian. I know. It's look at the offense. It's it's I know it, it it's a decently bad offense. It's a really bad offense. You already said it. They scored fewer touchdowns than any other team in the league this year. That's the offense you're going up against. You're going up against Brock Osweiler, who may be the worst $17 million quarterback in this league. I, I, I think by far he's the worst $17 million quarterback in this league. He might be one of the worst starters in this league right now. Okay? So uh, when we're talking about Osweiler and having any type of offensive attack with the passing game, it's all about DeAndre Hopkins, and if you shut that guy down, maybe he can go to Fedorowicz, but I don't think that uh, Belichick's going to allow that either. It's Will Fuller. Will Fuller will probably uh, have Malcolm Butler today, so I'm not I'm not worried about that either. Right. So, uh, again, we've been talking uh, for the first 40 minutes of the show about the Texans. Do they stand a chance? No. Can they even keep it close? Maybe. Our, our resounding opinion seems to be that, no, this is hardly even a game worth watching. Uh, just have a good time. Watch it. Uh, you can just see on ESPN up there. Every single analyst on the panel just picked the Patriots to win this game. No one's giving Houston a chance. 16-point spread. Maybe that's a bad thing. So we're going to move on from this uh, when we come back from break because, again, let's face it, there's really not much to talk about here. We can we can overanalyze how Houston might be able to pull off a miraculous victory, but there are three other games in this uh, NFL Divisional Weekend that are, on paper, far more entertaining. So 603-883-9900 is the call-in line. You're listening to the Sports Blast on ESPN New Hampshire. We'll be right back after this. 1250 ESPN New Hampshire. Manchester's local ESPN. ESPNNHradio.com. This is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Find the latest schedules, show blogs, podcasts, and all the breaking sports news in our area. From high school to the pros. Awesome. Want some new apparel? Yeah, baby. (laughs) Visit ESPNNHradio.com for shirts, hats, and all things ESPN New Hampshire. We've got it all here. Just visit our website at ESPNNHradio.com. Did you know there are medical grants available for families struggling with child health-related expenses? The United Healthcare Children's Foundation is currently seeking grant applications from families in need of financial assistance to help pay for their child's health care treatment, services, or equipment not covered or not fully covered by their commercial health insurance plan. Grants are often used to pay for medical services and equipment such as physical, occupational, and speech therapy, counseling services, surgeries, prescriptions, wheelchairs, orthotics, eyeglasses, and hearing aids. Parents and legal guardians may apply for grants up to $5,000 at www.uhccf.org. That's www.uhccf.org. To be eligible for grants, children must be 16 years of age or younger, families must meet economic guidelines, reside in the United States, and have a commercial health insurance plan. Families do not need to have insurance through United Healthcare to be eligible. Last year, the United Healthcare Children's Foundation awarded medical grants to more than 2,000 children. This has been a public service message from the United Healthcare Children's Foundation. Whoa, a new digital music player. Thanks, Mom. Oh, I'm glad you like it, because I can't wait to toss the big stereo. And now that we got your dad that big HD TV he wanted, we can throw out our old TV, too. Hold up. You can't just throw out electronics. Really? They need to be recycled or donated. And how would we do that? (laughs) It's so easy, Mom. Today, recycling electronics is just as easy as buying them. GreenerGadgets.org has all the info. 
We just enter our zip code to find a certified recycling center nearby. There are thousands of them, and new ones are being added all the time. Some of our local stores are even certified recycling locations. I like that. Did you know that some of the stuff in our old electronics could be used to make new products and conserve natural resources? Well, okay then. Let's gather them up. Um, what was that website again? Greenergadgets.org. We just enter our zip code and go. In 2013, there were over 3,700 DUI arrests in New Hampshire. That averages out to over 10 each day. Even more frightening is that those are just the people who got caught. Driving under the influence risks not only your own life and freedom, but the safety of everybody on the road. Which path are you on? Find out at thewrongpath.org. Sponsored by the New Hampshire Liquor Commission Division of Enforcement and aired in cooperation with the New Hampshire Association of Broadcasters and this station. Scores, standings, trades, and breaking news. This is your ESPN New Hampshire update. Following a bye week during Wild Card Weekend, the Patriots will open up their postseason tonight against the Houston Texans in the AFC Divisional Round. Both teams are healthy and ready to go. Only Malcolm Mitchell still listed as questionable on the injury report for the Pats as of yesterday. Game time temperature in Foxborough will be about 17 degrees. Kickoff from Gillette Stadium is at 8.15. You can catch the game on CBS. Elsewhere in the divisional round, Seattle travels to Atlanta to begin their playoff action. Kickoff tonight is at 4.35 on Fox. Also on Fox, tomorrow Green Bay is in Dallas to take on the Cowboys. Kickoff there is at 4.40. And due to a potentially treacherous ice storm hitting Kansas City tomorrow, the Chiefs and Steelers will play their game at 8.20. You can catch that one on NBC. Isaiah Thomas was working his magic last night. He dropped the game-winning bucket with 2.4 seconds remaining on the clock to lift the Celtics to a 103-101 victory over the Atlanta Hawks. Thomas finished with a game-high 28 points, and the Green are off until Monday when they take on Charlotte. The Bruins are back in action today. Tuka Rask will likely make the start and goal after taking a puck to the neck area during Thursday's game in Nashville. They'll need him as they try to take down the Flyers in a matinee game. Puck drops from TD Garden at 1 o'clock. This Sports Center update is brought to you by Bud Light. Raise one to right now. I'm David Pollard. Don't go anywhere. The Sports Blast continues live from the ESPN New Hampshire studio in Nashua right now. Breaking news. This just in. Our Andrew Brandt is reporting that the court has decided to rule in favor of the NFL, resulting in Tom Brady being suspended for the first four games of the season. The king has returned. And onto the field comes number 12. Tom Brady's 17th NFL season begins here in Cleveland in week five, and that's a new record of tenure with the Patriots. Touchdown! Brady steps up. Brady pulls the trigger. End zone! Touchdown! 
He hooks up with Danny Amendola. This day belongs to that man, Tom Brady. Brady, rainbow, over the shoulder grab, Chris Hogan, touchdown. Have you got color in your cheeks? Brady on a second and six for New England. Throws it downfield. Oh, separation from Tosti. He's gone. Touchdown, Patriots. Lawson to Edelman for the catch. Edelman bursting through, extending. Julian Edelman is in. Now, third and goal, New England. LeGarrette Blunt head down. Charging into the end zone for a New England touchdown. Another blitz brought by Pease. Brady in a traffic touchdown. Malcolm Mitchell. Petty's pass, knocked up in the air, intercepted by Butler. Brady fires, end zone, it's caught by Bennett. Touchdown, New England. Quite possible, we're looking at the greatest coach and the greatest quarterback in the history of pro football. Flea Flicker, Blunt threw it back. Brady down the middle, on target to Chris Hogan. Brady to the end zone in traffic, and a battle for the ball. Won by Bennett. Touchdown, New England. Tom Brady after the play fake. Deep pass, man running open. Chris Hogan off to the races. Touchdown, New England. One. Hammers it in for the touchdown. Hooks it up. End zone. Caught by White. Touchdown, Patriots. Third and seven for New England. Brady gets rid of it quickly. Catch. I love you, buddy. Julian Edelman off to the races. Julian Edelman. Goodbye, Edelman. A blowout in Foxborough. The Patriots take care of business. Keep going. We got a lot of football to play. You're great. Rock and roll, man. Show, baby. Rock and roll. Way to go, fellas. Way to go, baby. I don't want to lose your love. Welcome back into the Sports Blast, everybody. 603-883-9900 to call in. Join the conversation talking about the Houston Texans and Patriots tonight. We've also got three other football games that on paper look a hell of a lot more entertaining than the Houston Texans taking on the Patriots tonight. So, without further ado, and after that, nice little montage there going over the uh, Patriots season, which... Really does seem long when you, when you go back and, and realize that the first four games of the year this team was without Tom Brady. It seems like ages ago that this team had to, had to go into the season with those first four games sort of uh, in question. We didn't know what to expect. Jimmy Garoppolo getting his first real action of his career. He comes out. He looks great. He gets injured in the second game of the season against the Dolphins after putting up outrageous numbers in the first half. Jacoby Brissett comes in. They beat the Texans 27-0 in Week 3. Uh, they end up losing in a horrible game to the Bills in Week 4. And then Brady comes back in Week 5 against Cleveland. And uh, the rest from there is pretty much history at that point because once Brady came back, this team was a freight train that nobody could stop. Uh, and again, going up against the Houston Texans tonight, there just isn't much to get excited for. But there are three other games on the docket this weekend. Divisional round weekend. 
in pro football. So uh, let's. Uh, you want to start with uh, Pittsburgh, Kansas City, seeing as it's the AFC game here, and that's going to be the Patriots' future opponent when they inevitably kick the crap out of Houston tonight. Well, hopefully, inevitably. <laughs> you can't. You can't. You can't predict things. You know. I can predict things. I can be wrong about my predictions, <laughs> but I think it's completely inevitable that the, the the Patriots move on and end up facing either Pittsburgh or Kansas City in I, Gillette Stadium. I just week. hope the Patriots aren't doing what we're doing and overlooking the Texans. They could be. They could be. It's That's not a good a, thing to you do. Know, people are human. Pro athletes are human. Tom Brady's human. Bill Belichick's human. But, I mean, the, the focus that has been the staple of this Patriots team for the past 17 years it's it's to a degree that no other football team even even has it. You know that they're not overlooking this game, even if there's a, a slight overlooking of the Houston Texans, uh, way deep in the back of the minds of every Patriot. They know they know they're going to win tonight. They know they are, but they're not going to look past them. All right, they're going to go out there. They're going to execute a game plan. Let's hope hope they're not. They Hopefully might even they not. might even hold back a little bit. You know, we said they might just start opening up the playbook. Now it's the playoffs. It's the time to do it. Open up the playbook. No holds barred. I don't even know if they have to do it tonight. They can probably conceal their playbook for another week because they can go out there and play a generic game plan, right? And beat the Texans. They're that much better than them. Vegas knows it. Even people in Houston know it. No one's given them a chance. No one's given Houston a chance. So we got some better games we do. going on this week. Uh, Pittsburgh is on the road against Kansas City, and that game got moved from a 105 start to an 820 start. Due to ice. Tomorrow. Storm. Due to an ice storm. Which is dangerous. An ice storm is dangerous. But doesn't that also make the entertainment level go up a little bit when you're well, talking about playing, not playing in an crowd. ice storm? Not for the crowd. If the crowd's there, they're going to love it. Well, yes, but if the crowd can't get there because the roads are dangerous. You can find a way to get there. Yeah. Come on. You, you, I don't know exactly where the stadium is in Kansas City no, either. No, I don't know either. So, but, I mean, you're telling me that people who have tickets to the game couldn't find a way to get there either super early or even the night before, just be around the stadium and go to this game during an ice storm? I mean, I don't even know what an ice storm is, really. So it sounds just, dangerous. It's just going to be hailing the entire time, or is it going to snow and the roads will be icy? I think I mean, maybe it's a combination of both. Maybe it's like frozen rain slash hail slash the roads are going to glaze over. Slash yeah, it's an ice storm. Well, I know, but your wheels can't get any traction. So, yeah, I mean, there might be a couple people that uh, have some fender benders on the way there. A couple people. I maybe. All of them. <laughs> maybe, maybe a couple of guardrails get hit on the way to the game. And a couple cause, hundred car piles. Cause, cause a little bit more traffic. <laughs> you know. But at the same time, I've never seen a football game moved. Right. Due to weather. You, This is football. You play in whatever weather is there on that day at that time. Right, but with with everything like public safety and all that, I mean that's what they're calling. When have they that's ever they been concerned it. about public safety, though? I mean, we've had games in uh, in two feet of snow be played in the playoffs. We saw one. We saw the Snow Bowl uh, fifteen years ago. Yeah, you know, and, and uh, against Oakland. So this is this is something that's sort of new here in uh, the NFL moving uh, a playoff game due to weather. I think it could potentially even open the door for them to do it whenever they so please. To me, it's a little bit more about the fact that they're putting the game in prime time. I don't know if they would have done it if it was Kansas City and Oakland. Or uh, or, or, or Kansas City-Miami. Ew. <laughs> Ew. That's no, right. it would be Kansas City-Houston. 
Because uh, if well, Miami if Miami won. had won, yeah. sure. Or or if it's Kansas City, Houston, right? whatever the matchup, it's not as good as Kansas City, Pittsburgh. Right. So, in my opinion, the NFL moved this to put it in prime time because all they care about is revenue and ratings. Well, yeah, they don't care about. They've had a safety. down year. They've they, had a down year with all the ratings. Right. And they're hoping to. Get a little more eyeballs on the game. Well, and last week didn't help them either with their ratings. Well, if, yeah, because all the games suck. If all of a sudden you tuned into the football <laughs> season last week hoping for, okay, well, it's the playoffs, and so we're going to have some good matchups here. We're going to have the best teams, the best of the best, facing off against each other all because the it's the postseason. Blue Every chunk. single game sucked last week. <laughs> Every game of Wild Card Weekend was horrible. Mm-hmm. The most entertaining one was Green Bay and the Giants, and that turned out to be a blowout. Right. In the long run, it was closer than it looked, but even that one got out of hand. So when we're talking about uh, this game being moved, I think it's because of ratings. I don't think that the NFL cares about public safety. I don't. Mm. I think they care about ratings and revenue. And so that's why it probably got moved. Regardless, uh, we've got Pittsburgh, Kansas City. Who are you looking at in this one, Brian? Who do you want to see play? Uh, Just players. Who's the guy to watch in this game? Uh, Tyreek Hill for Kansas City. You think you could have a big game against a Pittsburgh secondary that's really not that good? Yes. Also, Peters and Justin Houston, along with Eric Berry, all, all, all three of those guys. Yeah, this is sort of the uh, the classic uh, elite offense going up against a pretty elite defense, in right. my opinion. A solid uh, defense. Kansas City's not statistically uh, tops in the league like the Patriots or Houston. But, but they're playing at home. They're solid, and they have a home field advantage. They if they can pack that stadium full of Chiefs fans, absolutely they've got a home field advantage. Mm-hmm. And uh, especially in an ice storm, I know Pittsburgh's up north, so they should be able to play. I think Roethlisberger's had a couple games in the snow. I don't think it'll be a detriment to them, and if anything, it'll help Le'Veon Bell a little bit because it's going to be slippery out there. So, I mean, well, uh, Le'Veon that, Bell's already pretty elusive. Wouldn't that deter Le'Veon Bell? He'd slip and fall on his butt. Well, it'd be harder to get a get a grip on him, too, to tackle. Eh, I, th- I don't think he'll be frozen. Well, either way. <laughs> I, uh, we're going to have to talk more about this on the other side because we're running out of time. Uh, second hour coming up, we're going to continue with the other divisional round games. You're listening to the Sports Blast on ESPN New Hampshire. In southern New Hampshire, there's only one choice when it comes to the best in orthopedic care. New 